0: Hi, my name is Isabella Johnston, and I am the Intern Whisperer. Our show is brought to you by Employers for Change, and today's tip of the week builds on our series on unconscious bias. Did you know that there were 16 types of unconscious bias that commonly affect candidates and employees in the workplace. This week's tip is about attribution bias, which is the phenomena where you try to make sense of or you judge a person's behavior based on your prior observations and interactions that you've had with that individual. It builds up this whole perception that we have of them while this may seem harmless humans are quick to judge and falsely assume about a person without knowing their full story so when hiring attribution bias can cause hiring managers and recruiters to determine their full story without even knowing if it's true So you want to make sure that you're not thinking, oh, this person is unfit for the job because they did something unusual or their resume has something on there that you're not sure about. There's different ways that you can avoid this type of bias. So rather than assume a candidate is unfit for a job because they were late to the interview Ask them what happened. It could be totally innocent and unprecedented. If there is something on their resume or something they said during the interview that caused you to draw conclusions about the candidate, be sure to ask further clarifying questions. Don't forget that interviewees are often nervous and they may misspeak or stumble. Just give them a chance to share their full story with you before you judge them. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Intern Whisper. Our show is all about the future of work and innovation. Hi. So, this week's guest is somebody I've known for a little bit. I'm really excited to have him on my show. Um, his name is Ray Choi, he is an AWS solutions architect the CEO of Easy Cloud Solutions, also the founder. And he. Um, this company helps with web hosting, security, and development. And if you don't know how to use AWS, he's the person to call. He is also the pastor of Hill Community Church in Torrance, California. And so, Ray, welcome to the show. Hello. Good to see you, Isabella always nice to see you so i feel like we should open with something you told me before we started the show this special ai that you're using but i'm gonna hold off on that one because i always ask my guests what are the five words that describe you and why those five words and i can help you because we did go through those right before the show okay i am
1: husband father aws certified and entrepreneur yep How About that. Yep.
0: so why those five words and you led with husband so that means your wife is going to be happy that you talked about her
1: uh, my wife Jackie she is my 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 other half my better half my best friend so without her there is no not much meaning in life so that's why I have to start with her father I, I have three boys one in college a uh, second one who is uh, about to go to college, and a third one who just entered high school. Uh, church planter, that's, I would say, I am bi-vocational, so I have two full-time jobs, but uh, I'd say church planting, pastoring is my main one, uh, and then to pay the bills, I also did not throw away my tech career when I when I jumped into the ministry, and so I also have a a tech company. So it involves AWS, AI, technology. So I'm an entrepreneur.
0: Mm. So our listeners may not know what um, AWS is. You might need to explain to them what uh, cloud-based services. So definitely make sure that you uh, include that. But before we start that, I'm going to go back to what you told me. So there's this special piece of AI platform that you're using. You're in a noisy cafe, but I do not hear any background. I want to know more. What is that product? And tell our listeners.
1: Yes. So I, I, I knew I had this uh, pod, pod, uh, podcast slash video interview scheduled for the afternoon. But it's such a beautiful day in sunny California. I wanted to have close access to the beach. Uh, so I, I, I um, did a quick Google search, and I found this uh, AI company called Crisp, crisp.ai. I signed up for them, tried it out, um, and I'm actually trying out uh, live for the first time on this call. Uh, I'm in a very loud cafe. The the fan is blowing constantly. Uh, people are people are speaking, and it's, uh, it's a very crowded cafe, uh, but as you can tell, it has a wonderful noise cancellation, like far beyond what Zoom can do. Uh, and so uh, I'm happy that it's working well for this for this uh, interview.
0: Yeah, I could not even believe it when you told me because I don't see anybody moving behind you. So you must be against a wall. Yes. It's yes, amazing. Behind,
1: I, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That is incredible. Okay, so let's go ahead and then explain to our listeners what is an AWS architect? What is AWS? All of that good stuff.
1: Yes, uh, so AWS is the largest cloud platform. Uh, if uh, I'm sure, all of your listeners have shopped on Amazon.com, the largest e-commerce uh, e-commerce company in the world, uh, that is just um, causing a lot of other businesses to shutter and close permanently, unfortunately. Uh, but good for them. So Amazon has built this large platform, and in order to to run Amazon.com. Uh, where you can order something and receive it sometimes within hours. They needed to build this uh, technology infrastructure where you can click on uh, order something online or through your uh, phone app, and and it just magically shows up. Like, how does that whole process happen? So uh, I think Amazon was smart. Uh, It said, well, we figured this out, and we have all this back-end technology. Why don't we why don't we rent it out to folks who who might wanna leverage a piece of it? Um, so that's exactly what they've done. And it's uh, Amazon uh, AWS, which is the cloud Amazon web services, the cloud arm of amazon.com is actually the biggest moneymaker for Amazon, uh, more than the e-commerce, which people may not know. And it's a number one cloud platform, number two, a distant two would be Microsoft Azure, uh, Google Cloud Platform is is even a, a, a more distant number three. Uh, Amazon is is the market leader, and so I I decided well if I'm going to be in technology I, I should I should understand AWS and what they have to offer. Uh, so a few years back I I went through uh, several courses got several certificates and I started incorporating that into my business.
0: Yeah, that was a smart move. And that's honestly how I met you is because they also have a a refer consultant program. And when yeah. I was looking for somebody because I went, I do not understand Amazon. It is a beast for sure. Yes, yes,
1: yeah. yes. It and is.
0: that's how it I came across you.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. So that is super, super interesting. I remember you telling me something about one of your sons also, and that he had taken the certification, which is rigorous. And quite challenging,
1: yes, yes, so uh, to my boys, it's an interesting story they uh, there there's the associate level certificates, which is um, hands on working knowledge of of the platform. so you have to be quite technical to pass any of those, and then there's a professional level, which means you're like a super expert, uh, but even before those uh, certificates, there's the the base. Certificate Cloud Practitioner, which I which I didn't take, but I thought, oh, this is perfect for my boys. There's people who want to dip their toes in it. Maybe you're not sure you're going to go into technology, but uh, like if you want to do sales for AWS, you need a working knowledge of their service offering and you got to know the vocabulary. So that's the level uh, that AWS Cloud Practitioner Certificate is for. And so uh, summer when when both of my boys, I think one was in high school, one was in junior high school, I had them study for the test. Uh, we showed up at the examination to take the test. And it turns out that there's a minimum age requirement of 18 years old, which my boys did not make that cut off. And so uh, I, I, was, I was upset at that because it, to me, it's, you shouldn't have to be 18 years old to to show proficiency uh, in any technology. So I, I started um, trying to contact Amazon. I didn't get anywhere. Um, and then well, I said, well, let me just email Jeff Bezos. So I guessed his email address. It must be Jeff at Amazon.com. I emailed him. Within the next business day, his executive assistant uh, got back to me and said, um, yeah, sure, we will we will contact Kree. Uh, the the uh, testing center and give your boys approval uh, for take uh, to take the test and um, I also knew it was possible to fight for it because I had googled and I found a LinkedIn article about a nine year old um, uh, who's a part of a nine year old who did pass the same test so I know it was possible uh, and so my my boys I think are the second third youngest people to ever pass the AWS cloud practitioner certificate. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a pretty big, uh, pretty cool hat to wear, and so, yes, yes, uh, big, big shoulder pads that you need,
1: yeah.
0: yes, yes, quite weighty. So that Thank is, you. I, I really like that story a lot, and I think it, it speaks to you know the amount of work that it takes to you know become that.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they, they didn't just you know. I'm sure they may have walked out of the womb yeah. being that smart, but you know they didn't come out knowing Amazon web smart. So that was a lot. Yes. Of- yes,
1: yes. yes, Yeah. It, it, it beats uh, playing video games in a summer. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's for sure.
0: Um, yeah. Well, would you tell our listeners about your educational journey? How did you get started? Where did you go to school? It can be anywhere you want um, your career path. And then how did you start your business? And I know you have two things that you're going to tell us about.
1: So yes, uh, I went to college, uh, and because I'm Asian, most Asian parents only have two career choices: you're either a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah. So I was I was slightly more technical, so I was put on the pre-med track. Uh, Berkeley pre-med was quite rigorous, and I was not a good student, and so I did not do so well. Uh, I I got I became a Christian in college, and so I just. Um, I kind of got burnt out with with um, uh, trying to to please my parents and, and and trying to be the best student, and so I was. Uh, and, and then Berkeley um, science lectures are notoriously boring because the professors there were not hired because they're great teachers. They are they are incredible researchers, yeah. uh, and teaching is really kind of an afterthought. And so I I just got bored of. Uh, trying to listen to a couple years of of science lectures, and so I just took different courses. I took an anthropology course, and I finally found uh, lecturers who were somewhat interesting. Uh, it's not so much I I love what they were saying, the content. I just liked how they spoke. I liked their their eloquence. I liked. I was interested and engaged during the lecture instead of falling asleep. So I became an anthropology major. Uh, and then by my fourth year, it dawned on me that um, I'm not going to be Indiana Jones looking for some lost relic, and so I should, I should, I should figure out what I'm gonna, what practical skills I have to to secure a job. That's when I started um, uh, working at a computer lab uh, for, for the Berkeley Business School. I uh, started taking some programming classes, some uh, technology classes, try to uh, read up on myself. And and um, my first job out of college, fortunately, was on Bank of America, uh, which is a large bank, maybe the second largest bank in America. And they were hiring for technical managers. And, and so they did a, ne- a national search. And so they, they wanted to kind of break the wall between technical people who maybe did not have good communication skills and business people who could not understand technology. But they they put us. Uh, they hired. I mean, they, they hired about 15 of us nationwide to go through a program which was free education, the latest technologies for the first three months, and then we had our pick of all these uh, jobs within Bank of America's technology
0: headquarters. Uh, and so uh, that was my my first entry into technology. So did you like working in the finance industry? I mean, some people either love it or they don't.
1: Well, I was, I was part of the home banking team, which was to manage uh, their Unix, uh, uh, Unix uh, servers and Bank of America, I think at the time it was like 180,000 employees. And so I, 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 I kind of learned what I needed to do for my job very quickly. And I had a, we're also specialized. And so we were doing network performance, finding bottlenecks in the network, uh, and, you know, going out with a sniffer, uh, capturing packets and, and generating reports just so we can, uh, remove bottlenecks in this large, uh, scale enterprise network. Um, uh, but I got, it's like a 40 hour job. I think I finished my job in about half the time and I was kind of bored. Uh, and so, uh, I, I decided. Well, as a young person, I don't want to be sitting there 20 hours a week twiddling my thumbs. So I jumped into the startup world. Um, uh, I, I I joined various startups. Uh, the ones I joined I went bankrupt after a few years because uh, I I got I was employed in the late 90s and then by 2000 the the bubble burst. Um, the one company that I got hired for that I did not accept was acquired by a large company AAA, and so that one i think had i had i taken that job i might have been a millionaire so oh, wow. uh so I, I just i miss uh discern, i did not discern which, <laughs> which yeah. one i should have gone for but yeah. but yeah it was all oh. for the
0: better yeah well that's good. It's a positive way to look at it for sure. What is unix? Yeah. you is it u n i x Oh, Unix
1: is uh, just an operating system like uh, like mac OS is oh, okay is shiny the shiny operating system that Apple put on top of Linux, which is a you know similar to Unix of so different flavors,
0: yeah, I have heard of Linux, but I had never never heard of Unix. And I went, okay, there's something new. I've got to make sure I know what that one is. So you you went from there from Bank of America. You tried startup life. How did you get to where you are now, where you have your own company and also, you know, being engaged, running, being a pastor at a church?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I uh, got married in 2000. Did your wife go uh, to Berkeley too? Yes, my wife went to Berkeley. We met at Berkeley. Uh, I, I I I was a sophomore at the time. She was a freshman. Uh, we were we were in this kind of strict church, and that's another story, which I should say for another time. Okay. Uh, but but uh, dating was not was kind of frowned upon, and I was a young Christian. I thought, okay, let's 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 not get into that when you're an undergrad. I'm a new believer, so I, I just kind of put that aside. Uh, but I knew when when I was a sophomore and she was a freshman that I was going to marry her. I just had a strong sense of that. Fast forward, um, you know, a you know, few years later, got graduated, um, asked her out on a date, and pretty much the first date we're talking about marriage. Uh, so that was 1998, uh, got married in 2000. Uh, we went to Japan as missionaries, and while we were on the mission field, um, God reminded me of what he told me when I was a graduating from college in 1996. Um, I, I knew I was not on a conventional path. I knew at some point I was going to be a pastor. I just didn't know when, where, and so I kind of filed that away. God rekindled that desire when I was uh, a missionary in Japan, reaching out to students there. And the students, uh, you know, if you know Japan, many mission missionaries, nothing is sent there, but it's a very difficult place to uh, to evangelize. And some people say if you if you if one 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 um, convert to Christianity in Japan is equal to 100 here. And so uh, wow. sure enough, it was difficult the first couple of years. But by the third year, we got we saw dozens and dozens of um, uh, college students come to faith there and the church, you know, kind of grew. Uh, my 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 heart for people was rekindled, uh, And so I started going to seminary. Uh, back, back there. And so when that mission trip uh, en- ended like three and a half years later, I uh, uh, came back to Torrance because my wife's um, uh, parents were there, turned uh, to Torrance, Fuller is there. So I, I transferred from Gordon-Conwell to Fuller Seminary, finished up there, graduated in 2006. And then I was just kind of waiting. I didn't know when I was going to pastor or when I'm going to use this degree. And so I went back into technology, went to another startup, and just waited uh, for, for the timing. And so from 2006, 2010, 11, uh, I was driving about an hour and a half from, from uh, Culver City at the time to um, Hollywood, not really enjoying my job. Uh, it was a dis- dysfunctional husband and wife running this company. A lot of obscenity, a uh, 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 lot of stress because personal finances of the of this founding couple and the company finances were all intertwined. Um, coffee mugs were thrown against the wall. So I, I just Whoa. didn't. Li- I just didn't. It was very dysfunctional. I didn't like going there. Uh, I knew God had called me to something else, but the timing wasn't right. So uh, it was a it was a waiting for about four four years or so. God finally called me to be a pastor in 2011. Um, Hill Community Church was birthed in 2012. And so now at that point, I've been doing technology for about 15 years. And I thought, okay, church planters, I mean, it's like you're planting a church from scratch. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting hired by a large um, church with with a big budget. I had three young boys and a wife to provide for. And so I thought, okay, I'll, I'm in technology. Let me let me start something so that I I don't have to rely on the church for finances. Uh, and it, it began with just bartering services. Like I went to a jeweler because um you know, getting uh, a a ring refitted. I said, okay, um, um I'm a pastor, and it turns out the owner was a Christian, and we hit it off. He he trusted me. I said, okay, let you, you need help with your website? You say, I need some help. Do you need help with uh, social media? And so I can help there. And and we just started bartering services. The same with the boys. They were in um, daycare and preschool uh, and, and yeah, tuition was quite a bit. And daycare is quite a bit of money, especially in California. And I told the school, well, well your website needs some help. And it looks like your computer lab is kind of outdated and we're having printer problems. Why don't I why don't I help you and and can you lower the tuition so they lowered the tuition I, I kept helping them I earned their trust after a while uh, they lowered it to to zero for all three boys wow uh, and then and then a few years later it was zero tuition for all three boys and they paid me hundred percent so that's oh. how the company that's that's how the company got launched because you know the uh, other people I think were just taking advantage of of like school directors who who uh, who are not the most technically literate, and so back in the day, she was um, this this director was paying six hundred dollars to Yellow Pages, and not even knowing what 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 am I getting out of this uh, Yellow Pages advertising? I said you don't need to do that. You're, you're wasting your money. Uh, let let's just build organic SEO. Uh, let let's just publish regularly on your website uh um let's make it easy for uh for people to see what the school is about and so just just by cutting out services me providing value uh and, and the enrollment going up um that's how i earned their trust and that's kind of how easy cloud um uh grew
0: that's a nice story it was a nice blend yeah. of like certainly faith but um your family is is a family owned business i guess also right Sure,
1: sure, yes, yes.
0: Yeah, it's got family uh, woven throughout the whole tapestry of the story.
1: Yes, yes, they're a big part of my story.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so that's cool. What does your wife do? Uh, She used to be
1: in HR. Now she is supporting me 100%. uh, Pastor's wife, Uh, she's kind of an unsung hero, uh, you know, just all the logistics. You know, I just have to show up and do my thing, but yeah. she does all the background stuff. Yeah. Uh,
0: anybody in Ops is huge.
1: Yes. Yes. And and a few years ago, I convinced her to quit her job and just can you help me with EasyCloud Cloud as well, so she handles HR, finances, legal stuff, all the tedious paperwork that I I really don't want to kick in. <laughs>
0: gotcha. Yeah. Well, sounds like it's a good uh, business arrangement. Also, there. You know, mutual yeah, shared right. gifts. So so when we were talking about how you started all of this uh, business, you had, um, I know that we had talked about some other ideas of things that we would potentially do together. And so you work with me over here at Employers for Change. And you're also uh, the one that I go to for anything that's Amazon stuff. I have so much issues with it. I'm very grateful for that. But you've also um, sent your kids over. And so they're working over here with us. So it truly is that family arrangement. I'm going to throw that one out there because, you know, good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they they are my, I don't have a 401k, but my children are my 401k. They are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They are. They definitely are. So, okay. I'm looking over here. What is the favorite quote that you live your life by?
1: My favorite quote is uh, probably linked to my favorite chapter in all, all of scripture, which is John 15. Jesus is the vine. I am merely a branch apart from, from Jesus. I can do nothing. He is my life who is, he is everything to me. And so, I just try to stay as close to him as I can and, and live life like him, follow him, do life the way he did. Uh, and I feel like I'll, I'll be, I'll be okay as long as I, uh, as long as I do. Hmm.
0: That's a uh, really, really nice. Some of my other listeners, they shall, they uh, share Bible verses also. And I find that always encouraging, I think, for other people to hear. What is the hardest lesson that you learned that changed your life for the better?
1: yes i i think because uh because i'm a, i'm an asian uh uh, uh and, and an entrepreneur um work ethic is very important and so i i think when when we started the church uh i think i think i i was i did not order things properly uh especially now that i you know now that i've uh been a christian for a while and i, I see things in scripture i didn't see when i was a young believer uh, I see that God has a way of growing people, and uh, you, you you're uh, you're a good. It starts with you know you're a good Christ follower, and then from there, if you're married, you're a good spouse, You you can serve your spouse. And then if you have children, you you manage your household well, and this is the the training ground for leadership in God's church. I think I got I was I was saved as a college student, and I got thrust into ministry. Uh, in college and right out of college, before I was married, before I had children, and, and I was very active uh, that, uh, in that kind of a with that kind of a mindset. I even went to missions with that mindset. I fast forward to two years into our church plant. Uh, um, my wife was having so much difficulty at the church because of some difficult uh, personalities. It got so bad that she, she said, I don't think I can go to church anymore. And, and that was quite shocking for me as a pastor. Uh, and this is supposed to be a, a safe place. And if anyone is, should be looking forward to it, it should, should be me and my wife. And for her to say that, it was a very loud um, rebuke from the Lord uh, that I had prioritized the work and the church ministry over uh over myself and and my wife and my children and and their flourish uh and so um it became so obvious that um uh, we you know in my heart i had made a decision okay if, if it's this bad i should step down um and, and i I'm, I'm not even qualified to be a pastor uh but at the last moment the lord stepped on We change uh, change things around. And as I was about to tender my resignation, uh, the situation totally changed. Uh, And and it was an important lesson for me. Uh, I I should really pay attention to how I am doing, how my wife is doing, how my children's doing. I should never be that person who is so busy that my marriage suffers, that my children suffer, that I suffer, that I'm burning out. When you read about, burnout among pastors, you read about scandals, and you think about how did they end up this way? Uh, I think it's because the order was wrong. So as long as I've established order of Jesus first, I should be thriving in in, in the Lord Jesus, and then my wife should be thriving, my children should be cared for, uh, and then church is below all of that. That to me is is a recipe for long-term success.
0: Mm. So one of the pastors at my church had explained it this way. He said, there's the Trinity. And what we're supposed to do as people is man, especially in a married relationship, they said, man is to lean into God. That is that is the role. Man leans into God. The wife leans into the man that's leaning into God. If we are doing that, we stay true to the, we'll call it the Trinity of God first, you know, then it's husband, then wife, and then kids. Work yeah. is in there also, but you know, you have to keep your your personal house in order to be able to keep. And it flows; it flows out for sure.
1: Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Fully agree with that.
0: Yeah, I like that that picture. I remember when he was explaining it. I went, "Oh, that's a that's a very tender memory there, uh, or maybe memory, but you know, a good good counsel. But definitely a very sweet picture that you can see in your head." The next question is, "What are you most grateful for?" Well,
1: I mean, the, the most obvious one, which which is assumed, but I, I won't I won't use that as my final answer. The most obvious one is salvation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so we'll we'll just take that off the list. Uh, the, the second one, um, uh, second gift from the Lord, I'm most thankful for is my wife, uh, because she she is with me in everything that I do. Uh, personally, uh, at church, at work, I mean, she is by my side literally twenty four seven so uh, um yeah we we maybe maybe other pastors don't do life this way. We homeschool our kids, so literally we're we're our, we we travel in a pack <laughs> so if we if we go somewhere when the kids are younger, uh, all five of us are piling into a minivan and we're going to. Uh, to to breakfast, lunch, dinner at home, or or going to the beach. We're doing everything as a as a team, and so um, you know, among those, uh, my wife is is she has to be at the top because I know spiritually. You know, my children are precious, but they will leave me at some point. It's supposed mm-hmm. to is designed that way. Uh, I'm not. I'm. Not, I can't. I i can not i can not hold on to them. Uh, and and they're 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 supposed to leave me. They're supposed to start their own household, but the one person or one covenant that will stay with me till death do us part is my wife. Um, So I I should treasure her above anybody else. Uh,
0: That's very nice also. So I read an interesting statistic. It was last week. It said that your children, because, you know, at age 18, they take off, they usually go to college, right? Or they could be leaving the house for whatever reason, but your children are only with you 20% 20% of your life, where you see them every day, by the time they leave, everything shifts. So if you haven't poured into them what you wanted at that time, it's it's a little more challenging, doesn't mean it can't happen. But um, you do, you want to make sure that you're instilling in children, whatever the values are that you want to make sure that they know.
1: Yes. And I think uh, my mindset in the beginning was, you know, this scripture that's the little kids are running to jesus and, and the disciples are trying to shoo away the children and jesus said, let the children come and i think i had that mindset that uh you know i'm an introvert i have a lot of work to do uh, and so send the kids away and, and the lord he stopped me some years ago he said no you need to let the children come and so that we started homeschooling uh my oldest was in the eighth grade and, and it was just a reorienting of my perspective I, like you said, it's only eighteen years. I I really do have a very limited time, and the All window closing. Yeah, and 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 so, uh, and I think parents maybe with children, um, you know, with, with both parents might be working. It's so busy, and it's easy to send the kids away. Um, I I realize that um the parents might focus so much on the children, not knowing that yes, they're they're going to leave you. And it's just 20% of your life with them. Uh, and and then 20 years goes by or 20 year plus, And then there's no connection with the spouse anymore because they haven't focused on one another. So I think for me, I have to uh, prioritize uh, Jesus and my marriage. Children, I'm sorry to say, they are, they are in third place in my hearts. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that probably has still tying into who in your life has had the biggest impact and why
1: it has to be my wife uh, she is okay. she is yes she's hitting, she's
0: hitting home runs she's got all the bases going on
1: <laughs> yes yes yeah i, I mean it, uh, th- that's an obvious one and, and so i think my my other answer is i met a pastor a few years ago um, and i think every pastor needs a pastor and mm-hmm. so I, I you know I, I had mentors in my life Pastors in and out of my life, but I was kind of a, a solo pastor for a while, and then I met this pastor two years into me being a vocational minister, and and by that point I already hit a wall uh, in my heart, and I and I and I explained how my wife was feeling about going to church, and around that time um, I I think I was almost ready to quit, and then God brought this pastor into my life, and he. His name is Pastor Brian Park. He's in Korea. He has a he has a, a kind of a virtual church ministry, Just Jesus, and um, a quite large following in Korea. Anyway, he he uh, I met him and, and he said something interesting to me. He said, "You're coming to God as a pastor and not as a child." Uh, and and I at first I didn't understand what he was saying because I thought, "Well, I am a pastor." I'm supposed to do work for the Lord. I'm supposed to grow the church and evangelize and do all these things. Uh, and, and it just took a while for that comment to kind of settle into my into my spirit, and he you know mentored me after that time. and And now, many years later i'm I'm coming to understand what that means. Uh, I am beloved for who I am, not for the work I do for him. Uh, my my chief identity when i when I approach the Father is. Is a child, um, so I, you know, although my one of my vocations and calling is to serve the church as a pastor, uh, that is not really my main interest uh, before.
0: hmm I love being in children's ministries. It always reminds me of how to work with adults. It's exactly yes. like what you're saying. You have to yes. let the yes. child come out of them.
1: Yes. 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 They're
0: so obviously innocent with their words and whatever they want to say. They do know how to manipulate though. I'm not going to lie. Those three and four <laughs> year olds, they're pretty darn smart.
1: Yes. Yes. That's yes.
0: Smart. But yeah,
1: I, I think, uh, yeah, because of their innocence, I think that's why Jesus said they are the greatest
0: mm-hmm. in the
1: kingdom of God. Their humility and their innocence, which mm-hmm. I, I want to, I want to be that way to my heavenly father and to Jesus.
0: It's mm. a good story there. And this one is usually the toughest question. So what do you want to be remembered for in your life? If it's like that day people are remembering you, what is it that you want them to say? What would you want them to remember you for?
1: I want to be known as somebody who loved God and loved neighbors, loved people. That I became a mini Jesus and just shining his love to people that I meet. I hope that can be said of me on
0: my last day. hmm Yep. To everyone. That would be very true. Well, we're going to take a s- small break to acknowledge our sponsor, Transcend Network, and we will be right back. Transcend Network helps early-stage startup founders find product market fit through weekly experiments Receive fundraising support and build a global founder investor network for ed tech and the future of work technologies. The Intern Whisperer is affiliated with Employers for Change, and we thank Transcend Network for being a sponsor of our show. And we're back to the second half of our show where we talk about the future of jobs and industries in 2030. So I was doing some research on a three part series article about how AI, how employers right now, are preparing their workers for 2030 with AI and it's it's a little unsettling some of it is i looked at the good and the you know the worrisome and some of the um, roles that ai is going to be creating is going to be things that is creating more bots honestly that can do things because people cannot skill up fast enough to keep up right. with the pace of, right. of what we have created as people we have done this to ourselves, so I don't know what we're complaining about. But anyway, what do you think 2030 is going to look like? You can go in any direction you want.
1: Yeah, 2030, it's, it, is, it is frightening the pace at which AI is evolving. Um, and unfortunately or fortunately, um, you know, when, when, when other te- technologies kind of burst upon the scene, Like even like AWS, I said, said, okay, these are things worth learning. But uh, and then there's like VR technology and different things. uh, And and every time that something is announced, it seems like, oh, this is this is a real disruptor uh, and it's going to change the way we do life. Like the Internet was a major disruptor in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I don't think I felt like we've had that kind of a disruptor since. The late nineties, two thousand, until uh, until AI. Uh, that's why you know I started uh, web hosting, on site tech support, even AWS cloud uh, um, consulting. But really, I've, I've pivoted most of my energies to AI because I think by twenty thirty, if if you're not on the AI train, uh, you might be left behind. Unfortunately. Uh, You know, take, for example, one industry like like accounting, Uh, you know, I have an accountant, she does great work for me, she knows all the changing laws, and she can spend a few hours and at $500 to $1,000 a year, uh, she can get me a decent tax return, I can just punch in my information on an AI uh, accounting website. And I can get the same benefit at a fraction of the cost within seconds or minutes. And so, so now if somebody says, yeah, I want to grow up to be an accountant, accountant, I'll say, uh, maybe you want to rethink that because I'm not sure how many accountants are going to be around. Um, so that's how I I look at it. That's how I am telling my boys, okay, you're, you're, a, the reason why they're, they're CS majors and, going into CS because I told them um, uh, you might have other interests, but um, whatever you do in life, you want to understand the technology because otherwise you're going to be out of a job. And so, um, um, yeah, by 2030, it's it's hard to know because even ChatGPT got launched at the end of uh, December of last last year, year, early, Yeah. yeah, late last year. and and look at look at how far it's come from version three to 3.5 to four and 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 look at how many competitors have have come upon the scene even in the last few months this is that we're talking about a span of six months or less and now fast forward seven years i can't even imagine what life uh maybe in the worst possible sense like how much more um more difficult it may be to make yeah. ends meet um, because people are displaced from their jobs and their skills are no longer um, uh, valued in the marketplace. So I think uh, that my one of my advice my advice to people is you have to learn AI. You have to uh, keep educating yourself uh, consistently, even if uh, uh, you, you you know you're you graduated whatever job you're in. You want to keep learning. Uh, um, and and understand. Well, is there is there a future in this job that I'm uh, um, in? So, just I think that's our, that should be the mindset of many people as they move toward 2030.
0: You way you really raised some interesting questions because when I looked at what are the careers that are going to be most impacted, accounting was one. So are lawyers because I mean that the law is the law, you know. And once right. that's there, you. <laughs> You're you're sitting there going, okay, well, anybody could represent themselves, you know, in a court of law then. I mean, that opens itself up. And look for whatever the possible loopholes are. That's going to be a problem. Where they would not displace would be judges. So that's good to know. Um, They should not displace people in any of our governments that are managing money as well as like the IRS. And I think that there's going to end up being, even though you could do that, I feel like the need for having uh, people that do understand accounting is even going to be more important because you don't know if you have to go and argue a case against the IRS. So there would be a place of expertise in that role of uh, somebody that can, you know, defend you. Right, that's, right, right. Because everything in the in the world that's in the internet is oh, yeah, it's on the internet. It must be right. No, that's not true. And just because (laughs) AI brings something to the table, we should never say, oh, yeah, it's out there. It's in AI. It must be true. No, we shouldn't believe that. So I feel like there's going to be authentication, um, people that are going to be doing more fact checking to ensure that it is correct, um, researchers definitely would be in need to make sure that they're not everybody is meant to be a programmer. I know I would not, right. I would not survive right. as a programmer. Neither neither would I. I'm, I mean, I've I've kind of dabbled in programming,
1: but but I think there there's a certain way your brain works, and I don't yeah. have that brain. <laughs> so no. I, I would also not do well as a programmer if that was my full-time job.
0: Yeah, a researcher I could do. I can do research. And I would be really good in that area, be really good with the writing side of it. And I feel like that is going to be a career path that will still be in demand, but it's more in that place of fact checking what is going out and what people are um, looking at and believing is reality.
1: Yes, yes. And uh, the fact checking is an interesting one because AI, uh, there's a thing called temperature uh, in the chat. GPT world at least. And so if you if you raise the number of the temperature, you're giving it more uh creative license. Uh and it's good to have uh maybe a higher number for temperature for things like uh uh you know, creative writing, for example. Uh, but if you want factual information, uh then then the number the temperature should be lower and, and so uh but then you know there's this weird phenomena that AI just gets tired and it makes things up and it uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, fatigued. And so, like, how do you how do you fact check? And so even, you know, I'm just thinking of, you know, little plugins that we could do. It's like, I don't want to trust one AI. I want to compare uh, OpenAI's ChatGPT with, like, Google are the, are, is the Does the answers line up? And like, can we can we corroborate that this answer is more accurate? And maybe all the AIs, because it's all training data. Maybe the data is off, mm-hmm. um, or maybe the data is biased. And so, uh, if you want to fact check, then then maybe you want to uh, be have if if these other you know, social media platforms, uh, Twitter, for example, is you know uh, you know moving in a more maybe I would say more towards freedom. Uh, so, like, can we can we tap into the Twitter's API? balance out maybe Google Bards AI and, and get a, a fair answer and, and a debate with, with two different positions on the same issue. And so I think the fact checking how it's done is, is a critical piece of, of us knowing because people are generating uh, articles now, publishing it on their website, and these are artificially generated articles. And we And some of it, Ninety percent of it ninety nine percent might be factual, but that one percent will be off. but uh, when you read that, you would not even know uh, unless there's some kind of a fact checking uh, for all the details of whatever's produced by AI mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I agree with you. Um, if we're looking at what AI can do um I've also asked people what their thoughts are about robots. And let me ask you, have you watched Black Mirror? I like to ask my guests this question a lot. Have you seen Black Mirror on Netflix?
1: I've seen some episodes, yes.
0: So one that came out this year for season six, I only saw the first episode. I haven't gone to see the others. It was Everybody Hates Joan. And there's this place of terms and conditions that we sign. And we are waving our ability to have freedoms because we're signing it over to whoever it is. And it was a Netflix movie. Mm. So, you know, they made it look like Netflix, honestly. They're really pushing the boundaries with that quite a bit. And I guess it's tongue in cheek is how i describe it. But what are your thoughts about the terms and conditions that are out there? Because people don't read them. And I feel like that's you something read it. they yep. should be doing yeah, the, the terms and conditions.
1: Uh, it, it's like the fine print. Sure. That, uh, we we just just conditioned to, well, I, I let me just have access to the tool. Let's just look 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 past that. Uh, I, I think I think you're you're right on the money. Uh, we want to see like if we generate content using AI, who owns that content? Yep. Uh, uh, even ChatGPT, they just launched a feature that uh you can you can um tell it not to save any of Opt the opt-outs opt-out of of the record uh, of it recording it and using it for training data for me it's like as soon as i saw that feature i want to use it because I, I, i'm 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 using chat for example to brainstorm ai ideas and i don't want i don't want it to be stolen and so mm-hmm. But but uh, but then it gets into are they are they ethical are do they when when you shut it off, uh, is it really turned off? You don't it's, know. It's like a, you don't know. It's like a social media company. You can delete your account or deactivate it, but is it really deleted from the server? In my understanding, it's not.
0: Uh, that's uh, what I understand too. Yeah. So yeah, the terms
1: and conditions, the legal copyright issues. These I think we we have to start. Pausing on those screens a lot more.
0: Mm-hmm. There was this. Um, I saw it again. It was like a Netflix thing, uh, several years ago, several, several years ago. And they took three phones, three cell phones. They left one in the box, didn't break the plastic wrapper. They opened the box of the second one, um, had it out, turned it on, turned it off, did nothing else with it. And then the third one, they turned it on. They all three tracked you.
1: Yes 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 I've heard that I have heard that just because you turn off a phone you just think okay it's everything is turned off no there's a there's a low like a low level uh functionality that it has even while it's off and so to me I I am I'm just generally not trusting of tech tech giants even though you know we all have phones yeah yeah it's it's you know, I, I I'm I'm a Christian, and so w- when I read the Book of Revelation, um, I see that how how is this going to play out? Technology is a big part of it. Is of the this. sign
0: of the beast?
1: Yes, it it is a surveillance control, uh, yeah, system that that is unfolding right in front of us.
0: Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I yeah. believe we're in the Matrix. I just throw that one out there too. The red pill. The yes. blood. Just which one are you going to do yeah. and this is it
1: yep. yeah yeah I, I think the matrix is probably to me that's one of my favorite movies because i think it would speak of, a very true things that are happening to very us much and so. we don't we don't even know
0: it yeah really don't know um what are your thoughts about virtual reality because i have an issue with this one too i sit here and i go back we were talking about the matrix but boom, you're plugged into the back of the machine, right? So that you're in yep. it, you're, you're in the matrix. So that's virtual reality. And then there's the movie Avatar. And, you know, you have to go and lay in a coffin is what I call it to go and yep. experience something else. I got why would I want to do that? There's nothing there that I want to go and do that badly that I want to lay in a box because I'm claustrophobic. So I wouldn't want to do any of those things. And I don't like getting blood drawn from me so there's no way i can see any of this these things happening to me is the point i don't have enough interest in that because i think i would much rather know this is my life this is where i am i can go to movies but you yes, know yes. science fiction has in my opinion created a lot of what we see it's brought it to fruition what are your thoughts
1: yeah the the virtual reality or just just You know, even technology from a phone. I I remember the uh in the late nineties when I was interviewing for uh for this uh small little IT consultancy, uh, and they were asking me, what 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 future do you see? And I, I I pretty much said, uh, it's gonna be the smartphone. We're gonna we're gonna have access to the whole internet in our pocket and touch of a finger, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be able to do whatever we want. Uh, and maybe at the time it you know, people didn't think that way. But I knew that day was coming. Sure enough, with the first iPhone, uh, a few years later, uh, it is the world of smartphones. And, and when I see young people, uh, this is just my my plug to be disconnected and unplugged from technology. And it might sound weird from coming from a technology entrepreneur. Uh, I remember the days uh, of pagers or uh, rotary phones, analog phones. Uh, I, I remember how free my mind was, that I didn't have to uh, uh, be notified every few seconds uh, or texted uh, uh, the, the show that I can watch from a phone. And when I see young people, I, I see them increasingly tied to their phone. It's like they're uh, they they can't enjoy the sun outside they can't enjoy nature they, they 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 don't even feel motivated to it's too much work to go out and meet somebody for for a cup of coffee or a meal they'd rather just sit there uh and Have veg their food out delivered to them <laughs> yes 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 and so to me it's like I, I it's like i think we come from a different era mm-hmm. uh, we are a bit older and so we 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 did enjoy a big portion of our life. Out before the internet came right. and everything came online, and so we know how good our lives were. and And it's not like we think it's better now. Uh, technology has brought a lot of conveniences, but but I don't think of it in terms of my life is better. In some ways, I think it's far far worse. Mm-hmm. And, and when I, when I see the young people, the, the, you have two people sitting at a, at a restaurant. They're not even looking at each other. Looking down no. at their phone. And so to me, that really bothers me, especially as a father. It bothers me when I see young people like that. I want them to exercise. I want them to go and socialize. I want them to go to the beach and hike up the mountain. Um, and, and so virtual reality is, is, it, is um, to me, it's, it is with the fulfillment of what the Matrix was talking about, or what Wally, the animation movie, is talking about, the people who are controlling the the the, the tech and the tech giants. Like if you talk to if you if you listen to interviews from uh, Steve Jobs and, and these CEOs, they didn't give cell phones to their children, uh, mm-hmm. and so that that speaks of. Well, they see the danger of this tech. They would not. They would not harm their own own uh, relative or their child with this uh and yet because it makes a lot of money they will give it to the masses mm-hmm. and, and we've all bought into that uh and so you know uh i think the people who will eventually control the world um sadly we will be uh in our form some form of virtual reality or uh, little little bubble in our small little apartment and 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 nobody is outside and only a few people are enjoying uh everything and 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 the vast majority of us are in a little yeah uh, a steel coffin
0: (laughs) yeah just like you mentioned wally earlier and that's that is like spot on too in my opinion you know you have little little like weevil wobbles uh, people sitting in chairs, yeah. but there's a dark side to that movie. I've seen a lot of stuff that goes out there about Wally and it's saying, well, it's really about cannibalism because like, there's no food anymore. Really? So what you're eating ah. is uh, like, you're, it's consuming, you know, the people and your, your own waste and everything. It's like, I'm just sitting here going, you know, that's dark. So I started looking it up and I went, yep, <laughs> there's a quite a bit out there about that one because you don't really question that. And so we should always be um, thinking of the pros and the cons, which really takes us to um, our next to last question. Here is what are the ethical dilemmas that you foresee, and I think you've been talking quite a bit about them. But you can just like list them if you want, because there's a lot of dangers with them. Yeah,
1: I'm thinking about the, the young person who's growing up in the age of AI. Uh, it it is uh, it, 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 on one hand, it is smart to use AI uh, for your benefits it is, it is it is terrible if you're using AI to be your brain and and you're and you're not learning critical thinking you're not learning to think for yourself and you're just letting AI do all like all the work for you
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, uh, I mean so like it, it's a, it's a two-edged sword we do need to learn AI I think for a young person I, I would Highly discourage the use of AI, especially in the formative years. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if they grow up with AI too soon, I think their brain will remain a junior high level. you will never grow up and develop a high school yeah. college brain because they, they uh, because w- why go through that trouble? Uh, because AI is is doing the heavy lifting for me, well, to me that's uh, that does a disservice to them. Uh, uh, I think in general population is being dumbed down because of technology. Yes. Like, like like how many people can even remember phone numbers uh, because there's no no need to. So
0: I don't know. I know I don't. And, And so you raise an interesting question. It isn't even about you giving a phone to your kid there's so many parents that put their whole life out there and they're recording their kid i watched this one young woman she is on tiktok she's on instagram she's everywhere and she's she's really engaging she's very she's a very good actress i would say and she has her daughter always on her hip and the kid is always looking right into the camera And the children already know that this camera is a part of it. And you raised something else, an interesting point, too, when you mentioned about the generations, you know, whatever technology, and you said it to your own kids, you know, technology is advancing. You need to make sure that you're there. You, we are, whatever age that we're born into is, you know, it has influence based on the technology that's been uh, brought into our lives and then it's also based on historic events that happen. Anything that is also in the sense of like tsunamis or 9-11 or those big historic events when people have been harmed or tragedy. Those are the things that actually become the um points of in our life that really shape what we think and, and how we process information. So we came from a different time, rotary phones, yes. Um, people don't know what that is. And when you hear one of those someplace and they have it on our, our iPhones or our droids, we hear it, we go, wait, what is that? And you can tell like <laughs> what generation <laughs> right. are you from because it it has significance, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So the kids that are coming out now, they already are surrounded by this technology. I don't think that they even parents are even thinking about the fact that, well, first off, you're putting your child out there all the time, you know, and this is what they're becoming. You used to set a kid in front of a video camera or cartoons on Saturday. I don't even know if right. they do that anymore. And now right. just hand a kid a phone and that keeps them placated. And TikTok knows exactly how to keep that formula in play. And
1: I, and just as a parent, my advice to parents is keep your child off of social media. I would say even as a parent, uh, um, I, I'm very wary of living life behind a camera. Um, like if I'm in nature, my first thought is, not well I got to take a picture of myself I just want to enjoy that scene and if I forget to to take a picture it's not the end of the world Mm -hmm. um because because how many times have we we just have memories and we were just in the moment we enjoyed it and it doesn't we don't have to record everything uh to to be on a photograph to to promote maybe a, a false view of our own reality to the world and to say oh we only showed the good stuff Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just not the whole of who we are, and so that that's just my thing i i'm i, I use a little bit of social media just because you know we have to reach sure. people in our in our business space, but for personal stuff I, I I'm really um I try to keep keep that stuff off of social media
0: yeah you won't find me on any social media personally except LinkedIn and even linkedin it's it's all for business it's it's you don't know my personal life so
1: Yep, yep. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, what you. is the
0: best mentoring advice that you want to share with our listeners moving on?
1: My best advice is um, I, I mean, it is shaped obviously by the fact that I'm a Christian a child of God. Um, I remember saying at the very beginning of my Christian life, I don't know what I'm doing. I remember the very beginning of when I started as a pastor. I remember saying, I don't know what I'm doing. And now that I've gone a few years into it, um, do I feel like I, I know better or I, I'm, I'm now self-sufficient? If I started to think that way, I think I'd be in, in, a, in a load of trouble. Uh, I still think at a, at a base level, I don't know what I'm doing. And it, that keeps me childlike. That keeps me humble uh, Without without divine help. Without um, wisdom from above, uh, which is moment by moment, uh, I'm I'm really gonna make some terrible mistakes in my life. And so I would say just just stay humble. Remember the beginning. You said I didn't know. Uh, I don't know what to do. I don't know much about whatever field you're getting into. I would say as long as you keep that humility, um, and, and um, it'll, it'll I think it'll keep you out of trouble.
0: I agree. I agree. All right. Well, this is at the end of our show. We always ask our guests, how can our listeners contact you? What is the website, social channels, email? I usually say don't put your email out there, but hey, some people are okay with that. So what would you like our listeners? We always give them this information in a closed card and and in our post.
1: Yeah, I would say the best way to reach me at easycloudsolutions.com. Uh you can you can find me there on LinkedIn and various places. Um, probably the most active place we are for, for EasyCloud is LinkedIn on our you know company pages. And I have I have a bunch of companies um underneath uh, uh EasyCloud. So you know, but easycloud would be the best group.
0: All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show. This was delightful.
1: It was my pleasure. Glad to spend time with Isabella any day.
0: Oh, thank you. We want to thank our sponsor, Cat5 Studios. Thank you to our video team, Gabe LaPorte and Tommy Myers. Music is by Sophie Lloyd. Visit Employers for Change at www.e4c.tech to learn how you can create real diversity and inclusive culture while skilling your people for the future of work. Please subscribe and download the Intern Whisperer on Podbean Employers for Change YouTube channel or stream from your favorite podcast channel. Please drop us a comment and share our show to enlighten others about amazing people that make every day better.